This show is presented by the Mercedes-Benz Tech Program. To learn more about Mercedes-Benz's world of advanced automotive technology, text the word Mercedes to 55678 or visit www.learnmercedes.com. For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. Welcome to Bammers. Can someone really lose the love for Alabama football? In spite of all the success and tradition, does the passion for it really just fade away? Why would this thought even cross my mind? Honestly, what am I thinking? We're in the midst of the golden era of Alabama football. With all due respect to the Bear Bryant years, which I admittedly wasn't alive for, we've seen six national championships in almost a single decade. That is outrageous. And winning doesn't get old. No matter what outsiders might say or tweet, Alabama fans are not jaded by this success. Each new title is as good or better than the last. And it's silly that I even just said that. But the pandemic might have put things in perspective for some, including me. With the 2020 season approaching, even when there were doubts that it would even happen, I wasn't as interested as I usually am, not even as an escape from the COVID malaise. People were dying. The virus was dangerous. It affected everyone and everything on the planet. So forgive me if football left the forefront of my attention. I was tuned out. Of course, when they started playing games and the pandemic began calming some, that changed. I was as invested in Mac Jones and Devontae Smith's historic season as anyone. It was another magical year capped by a Heisman Trophy, an SEC title, and yes, another national championship. It was arguably the best season in Alabama football history. But in those weeks leading up to it, I had that vision of letting it go one day. It felt possible that after decades of watching Alabama football, I could move on from it and focus on other things. It didn't seem all that grim. No matter how much joy it brought to me, would I be healthier and happier with this layer of obsession and stress out of my life? Or if I just removed myself from it a bit? I had to know if anyone else already went through this. I put out a call, and an old AL.com colleague answered. I'm Josh Bain. I live in Gardendale, a suburb just north of Birmingham, and I work for a public relations firm here in Birmingham. What I described a while back kind of describes you, right? Like you're a fan who used to be into it and now not as much, correct? Yeah. I mean, I grew up a big Alabama fan. I grew up with my grandparents. My my granddad remembered, I mean, he would, growing up, you know, he told stories about listening to the 1930 Rose Bowl on the radio and, you know, watching Harry Gilmer play in the 40s. And so I was sort of immersed in the history of, of the game and of Alabama's program uh, through through all those years. And, of course, I, I heard story after story after story about the Bryant years. And then, of course, I became a, a working sports journalist. And and once you start covering games, I, I just think it's it's something that happens to you. I mean, we're taught in journalism school to be as objective as possible. And so you try to remove that fandom from you. I'm no longer a working journalist, but 
I still watch games and and look at the game through the prism of a reporter. And so my wife jokes that I'm the most boring person in the world to watch a game with now because I don't cheer and I don't get excited when other fans get excited. But I think that largely that, that was just a function of covering sports for 25 years that you have to separate yourself from that fandom. And now I think I'm just totally separated from it. You kind of just described it a little bit, a little context about sort of like where your your fandom began. But is there a way that you can pinpoint it? Like, do you remember specifically like when Alabama football sort of entered your consciousness? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was definitely the first game that I, that I ever went to. I, I, I went to uh, Legion Field. It was uh, the 1981 Alabama-Georgia Tech game. Um, it's it's somewhat of a of a famous game. Georgia Tech was coached by Bill Curry. Uh, Georgia Tech won the game. Uh, I think Georgia Tech opened that season against Alabama and Notre Dame. And Georgia Tech beat Alabama. It was a big deal, of course, Bear Bryant losing at Legion Field. And uh, I don't think Georgia Tech won a game the rest of the year. And, of course, Bill Curry years later became Alabama's head coach. But, but I, I just remember going to the stadium. I was, I don't know, six or seven years old. And – I remember how into the game people were. And, I mean, I remember parking more than a mile away from the stadium. And I remember people walking around the stadium trying to find tickets because they didn't have any. And just the entire production of it. I mean, I'd heard about these games from my family. But going to a game just opened my eyes to the pageantry of it and the the passion that people had and, I mean, really, from that day, I, I was hooked. What do you consider the peak of your Alabama fandom? Like, how invested were you? And in, in, was it in your adult life at all, in your teenage years? Like, wh- when do you feel like you were just really in the thick of it as a fan? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was certainly in, in, in high school. I mean, I was fortunate that in middle and high school, I was able to go to some games. My, my home church in, in, in Birmingham, Crumley Chapel Methodist, some older guys in my church ushered at at Legion Field. So, and then I got on that, that ushering crew when I was, I don't know, 14 or 15. So every Legion Field game I saw, uh, now I was working. I mean, your pay for ushering was getting to get in the game free and to to see the game. So I was there for Gene Stallings first game when Brett Favre and Southern Miss beat Alabama. I was there when David Palmer scored the two point conversion to to, to tie Tennessee, I, I was there as an usher for both of the, the, the first two SEC championship games. So I saw the Antonio Langham uh, interception to win the first SEC championship game. So partially because I was able to be there and to and to experience that and and be part of the in stadium experience, that was that was clearly the height of, the height of my fandom. And and of course. My freshman year in college was the 1992 championship game or the championship season. I was not yet a student at, at, at the University of Alabama at the time. I, I, I attended junior college in Jasper, but just you know, all through high school being such a big fan and then to, to be college age and, and for Alabama to win that national championship. I mean, that was, I mean, I remember watching the Sugar Bowl on television with friends and Every time there was a big play, uh, you know, we, we were jumping off the couch and, and cheering and high-fiving one another. So uh, that I think that was, for me, the, the definite height of, of my fandom. Well, and so you mentioned you were a journalist 
and the idea is to maintain objectivity. I wonder if, if uh, when you were a journalist, like, is that when it first began to wane a bit for you, like where you felt like you had to kind of turn it off or like, when did, when do you think looking back at this point, like, did it happen sooner than that? And you just didn't realize it? I, I think throughout those first couple of years of college, I was still a, a big fan. And then once I got to the university of Alabama and, and, and I was a journalism student and you start putting those, those concepts that you learn in class into practice about trying to be objective and trying to, trying really not to be a fan. I, I do remember the first couple of Alabama football games that I covered as a student. I was still a student at Alabama at the time. I remember being worried about not being able to to maintain some objectivity. So I did some really strange things in, in retrospect. I mean, remember the first game that I ever covered, I sat on my hands because I was afraid that I might inadvertently cheer in the press box and I didn't want to get kicked out. But Pretty quickly, I would say, once I began covering games and putting myself on the road to being a full-time working journalist after I graduated, um, I really tried to put that to the side. And, and, and probably and, and over the course of a couple of years, once I graduated, I think I, w- I was certainly – I was a, an interested party, I would say, when it came to Alabama football, but I, but I wasn't a fan. And then as time has gone, gone on, I, I've just become – less of a fan. I mean, I'm still interested in the program. I still keep up with Alabama and Auburn. I think when you grow up in our state and you certainly still live here, that's something that virtually, it seems like virtually everyone's interested in those programs. But I'm I'm interested more from an, from an analytical standpoint now, as opposed to being living and breathing and dying. Are they winning and are, or, and are they losing? And, and so that's, it's a little different. And, I get it. I mean, a few years ago, I went to the SEC championship game. Alabama played Florida. I went with, with some friends. And, you know, I mean, the, the, the truth is it was hard to cheer. It was hard for me to get super excited when Alabama scored or, or Florida made a mistake. And, I mean, I remember walking to the stadium and, and seeing fans kind of jawing at one another. And there can be that fan tension in the stadium. And that was just something that, that I that – I, I can't experience again. And again, uh, for me, I don't know about other people, but my experience is probably unique because as a working journalist, you at first it was forcing myself to not be a fan. And then over time, now I can't, I can't force myself to be a fan again. Now that you're not a journalist, you're not in that field. You don't have to turn the fan switch off. Like you can just keep it on at all times. If you wanted to, do you feel like you're going to go back to that place it sounds like not at the moment you're not, and maybe it takes some easing back into it, but do you ever foresee your interest in Alabama football or your fandom reaching the heights that it was once at again? I think that's going to be hard. I mean, I think that it's sort of like, uh, at least for me, I feel like it's sort of, uh, it's a torch that once you put out, it's, it's hard to reignite it. I mean, like I said, I'm still interested in, in how they do. And the truth is, I mean, it, it, it's my alma mater, and I want them to win. But I also recognize that, at least right now, I mean, Alabama's under Nick Saban, Alabama's going to win about 90% of the time. One of the great things for me as a fan, I remember as a young fan, I love the anticipation of what's going to happen and how's Alabama going to do this and the, the, how, how does Alabama match up in this way with this team on this day. But the truth is now, I mean, Alabama's 
really just better than everybody else. They got better players. They have superior coaching. They win about 90% of the time. So I think even for diehard fans, the anticipation of what's going to happen, some of that's taken away by Alabama's dominance. That's very interesting. But you're right in terms of like the overwhelming success, the consistency of it. In a way, I can see how it could kind of make you a little bit numb to it, even if you wanted to be louder with your fandom. Yeah, I, I, I remember when I was a kid looking back and, and, and particularly talking to my, to, my, to my granddad about Alabama's era through the 70s because they were so successful. And Bryant, they, they won the championship in 61 and 64 and 65 and then sort of had a lull. And then the 70s was so successful. And, you know, I remember him saying, look, during those years, one loss, you felt like everything was gone because the expectation was every year they're going to they're gonna play for the national championship or they're going to have a chance to win the national championship. And I don't know if the Saban era has, is exactly the same, but I do think that that dominance, it takes some of that anticipation out of it. I think that every time Alabama tees it up, certainly Alabama fans understand how dominant the, the Saban era has been. And I think now that is sort of where the, of course, that's where the program is. Every year you expect to play for the national championship and you expect to be in the playoff. And I mean, certainly for the last few years, you expect it to be Alabama and Clemson. So I do think that the, it just takes a little bit of the of the edge off for a lot of people, maybe not every fan, but th- that probably does contribute to me saying, I'm not sure if that, that torch is ever going to light again, because you feel like every Saturday you 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 know what the outcome is going to be. You don't know exactly how they're going to get there, but you feel really confident that pretty much every Saturday they're going to win. So to win you back, Josh, Alabama's going to have to start losing again. Maybe I, I'm not saying yes. I'm saying maybe. Yeah. You know, what's the what's the great line from Bull Durham? You know, um, stop striking everybody out. Ground balls are more democratic. You know, maybe having some and maybe maybe. The, the possible expansion of the playoff will do that. Maybe it'll make it a more democratic process. Maybe we'll see some other teams emerge. Maybe some teams, more teams in the playoff will help those teams recruit at a, at a slightly higher level. But the truth is, I'm not holding my breath for any of that. The analyst in me says, none of this is really going to change until Nick Saban retires. And I mean, that guy's like a robot. He might, he might coach till he's 85. I like the Bull Durham line. It, it also kind of reminds me of uh, the, the movie Jerry Maguire, the sports agent who preaches fewer clients, less money. And, and then right after that, he got fired from the agency. So <laughs> my last thing for you is just what's the level of interest within your family? Like, is it something that your family is still diehard about? Is it something that you deal with on a day-to-day basis? Uh, and Do you see it a little differently in that regard? Well, I, I think it's fascinating. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, my experience was growing up sort of being immersed in it. You know, everybody in my family, everybody in my neighborhood, you know, you go to first grade and everybody's wearing an Alabama or Auburn. Now it's a little different. I mean, there there are certainly members of my family who are really diehard into college football. My wife and I, we have two boys. They're 13 and 9. And to be honest with you, College football is way down the list of things that that they're super interested in. And I get that sense that a lot of their friends are less interested. Now, I don't know if part of that is the media landscape, and maybe it's that those kids aren't going to games as much. I I know for me, I think part of the reason that I'm not as into it now is that I sort of feel like, gosh, 
you know, I was so lucky. I got to go to a bunch of games. I got to see all these things up close. When I was a reporter, I kind of got to see how the sausage was made a little bit. And so you get those experiences, and then it becomes a lot easier not to go to the stadium on Saturday. It becomes easier to stay at home. I mean, my TV is so good on Saturdays. The TV experience is so good. I don't miss anything because I can pause live TV with my DVR, and I don't have to deal with the drunk, and I don't have to deal with the parking, and I don't have to deal with the night game when I'm going to get home at 1 a.m., and, and I'm probably going to want to get up and go to church on Sunday morning. I mean, all those things are eliminated because the TV is so good. And so as a kid, I mean, gosh, I was fascinated by the stadium experience, but the truth is, you know, my kids don't get the stadium experience very much, and, and I'm not sure, I mean, even though Alabama has 100,000-plus in the non-pandemic days, they were cramming 100,000-plus in the stadium, you know, I'm not sure how many of those are really young people getting excited about the game. I get the sense that a lot of that, that fandom is older folks who have been immersed in the program for a long time. So I, I, don't, know the, I don't know the exact answer to that, but, yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of, fascinating elements to Alabama fandom and one of them is that while they have this huge stadium there's still a lot of people that can't can't get there and, and, and get a ticket to get in the game yeah Josh look I, I think there are going to be a lot of Alabama fans who who don't understand you and, and don't understand this uh, I guess type of fandom that you are living right now but what I can say is that I'm envious of of your healthier relationship to Alabama football than than what mine is right now. Well, I mean, the the, the good news for me is maybe maybe people look at it as as a weakness rather than a strength. But you know, the the, the good news for me is win or lose, and that loss is like one out of every fifteen times or something like that under Saban. I, I sleep pretty well, uh, win or win or lose. I, I I just I can distinctly remember. At the height of my fandom, you know, after a loss, feeling so despondent. You know, so you, you you say healthy, maybe that is healthy. I, I I don't feel that despondency anymore. But the truth is, Alabama fans rarely feel that anyway because because Alabama so seldom loses. Stick around for more Bammers. This show is presented by the Mercedes Benz Tech Program. To learn more about Mercedes-Benz's world of advanced automotive technology, text the word Mercedes to 55678 or visit www.learnmercedes.com. Well, what if someone never even bought in at all? As in, they are from Alabama, they live here, and they just don't care. And not because they haven't tried, something just doesn't click. Is that even possible? My colleague and friend, Matt Scalici, has covered Alabama football now for part of two decades. We talk about it all the time. We've been to games together, tailgated. We host the Facebook Live version of this show for AL.com. But Matt's wife, Francesca, not so much. Francesca is a delightful, hysterically funny person. I remember watching a game during the 2010 season at their house, and a few minutes after kickoff, I looked over and I saw Francesca reading a book. And she wasn't looking up stats in some sports almanac or Alabama history book or anything. It was like a novel. This handful of other people were pulling their hair out and screaming, and she could not be bothered. Is this like a superpower or something? 
I had to know. My name is Francesca Scalisi, and I live in Birmingham, Alabama. I was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, um, but I really was only born there. We moved to Anniston, Alabama when I was a few weeks old. My parents were sort of moving from California to Alabama, stopped in Pennsylvania to have me because that's where our extended family is from, and then continued their move to Alabama. And uh, we li- we've lived in Birmingham since I was, I think, three years old. What is your first memory of Alabama football? Um, I think in grade school, I remember having the question posed to me, are you Alabama or Auburn? And I was like, what now? I live in I live in Alabama. <laughs> I don't understand what the question is. But I definitely remember that being a topic of conversation from young grade school. And I did not understand what was being said to me or asked of me. Well, and so where did it go from there, I guess? Like, when, when did when did you start getting more familiar with what that question meant? When did it click? When did you start realizing, oh, this is kind of a big deal here? I mean, probably at that same time, it was it, it became clear there's a line in the sand and you have to be one or the other. There's not an option to be neutral. And yet, and yet I was. But I mean, you know, I'm stunned even with my own children that like every year there's always like some like fun thing during, you know, homecoming week or wherever where like we're collecting canned goods and you either put it on, you know, the Alabama side or the Auburn side. And my kids are like, what do we do? Because it's actually not a binary system, believe it or not. Some of us fall into neither category. I do remember feeling like a lot of my friends in grade school, like almost everyone were Alabama fans, it felt like. And so on the occasion that someone would be an Auburn fan, it felt very much like, oh, what an outlier. This is such a rebel to go for Auburn when it's clear that Alabama is who everybody goes for. Yeah, and so now, and I guess for the last several years, I wonder, what is your general feeling about Alabama football? Like, you live in a state where people, a lot of people care a lot about it. Much of the world revolves around it, obviously, but that isn't necessarily the case for you personally, right? That is correct. It is certainly a large part of our life, given who I'm married to, but it is definitely something that I don't clock. Like, I don't generally know you know, I mean, I know who Coach Saban is. I don't know who the Auburn coach is currently. I feel like, is Gus? Is that, is he? Is it Gus? Is that somebody? <laughs> no, he he got fired. There's a new coach there now. Brand new. First year. Okay, but he was at some point the coach. Yeah, I don't, I know that Saturdays are a good time to go um, shopping. I mean, my husband, we have a whole, <laughs> we have a whole past. But, uh, you know, he usually just watches on the sad upstairs TV that nobody uses. Um, he's kind of known that, yeah, we're not giving up the TV all day Saturday for you to watch football. So he just doesn't anymore. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I am in a – I'm willfully ignorant when it comes to football. I do not keep up with it, and I tune out when people are talking about it. Have you remained pretty constant? with this feeling like throughout the years, have you tried to make room for it or have you tried to watch it and it just hasn't been your cup of tea? Um, Certainly when I was young, there were social situations where people were, you know, watching the game and I was like, this is boring and I would definitely try to find something else to do. 
Um, then I began to date, uh, who is my now husband, Matt Scalisi, whose family is big time Alabama fans. Um, the kind of thing where like when we were dating and I would meet people who knew him, they would just assume about me like, oh, you like you must be a huge Alabama fan. And I would kind of stare at them blankly and they would be like, oh, are, are, are you an Auburn fan? And I'm like, no, it's it's worse than that. I actually don't like football at all. And people would like, you know, clutch their pearls and pass out and old women would cry like it was I had committed a crime against his family. So. We spent a lot of the early part of our relationship with Matt trying to sort of convert me to football and definitely his family as well. Like they, there definitely seemed to be this feeling of like, oh, that's cute. You just think you don't like football. You just actually don't know that you love it. And so he taught me about the game, which really like, you know, at that point in my like mid twenties, that was the first time I made any sense of football, like that I understood it because it was gobbledygook to me my whole childhood like I was like I don't they keep stopping they keep starting what are they even trying to do it doesn't look like they're trying to get it to the goal I don't understand I don't understand I didn't understand I didn't care to understand so when he explained it to me became slightly more tolerable in as much as like okay like I see what's happening now it's still really boring and it still keeps stopping and starting which is really annoying and it takes four hours so then he was like well you need to get to a game so he brought me to a game when he was at school and we were in the student section and I was like, someone, please put me out of my misery. This is awful. And then I think I went to one other game, maybe with his family, which was marginally better. But I was still just like, I think that was the point where I was finally like, this is not for me. You know, like everybody doesn't have to like everything. I have given this a try. I do not like it. I didn't like, you know, they were like, oh, you need to tailgate. Tailgating was very boring to me. Like, I don't want to stand outside all day to get excited about a game that I'm not excited about. So. At a certain point, I think Matt maybe got it a little sooner than his family, but we just were like, this can be your thing, buddy. I'm not going to be a part of this. This is this is your special thing. Go and spend all day outside, whatever, visiting with people and talking about the game that's about to happen and then watch the game for like a thousand hours. And I'll, I'll just be at home and I'll do something else. So we, I try. I did try, Ben. I tried. But I just cannot uh, fake it. <laughs> Yeah. And so you mentioned you'll do something else. You mentioned it's a good day for shopping or just, you know, finding something to do. So how do you normally spend those Saturday game days? I know y'all have kids, obviously, like when you have family and friends going to games, watching them on TV, what are you doing instead? Uh, Mostly just being grateful that I'm not um, watching the game on TV or going to the game. Definitely, um, you know, it's fall. It's like beautiful weather. I am not outdoorsy at all, but, we, and you know, in Alabama, we'll get maybe like three of those like really nice, like it's cool enough that the bugs are gone, but warm enough that you're not uncomfortable outside. And so I'll like take my kids to Red Mountain Park and we'll go hiking. One time we famously went like off trail, unfortunately, and we were, we did like six miles on accident and they were young and they were like, why did you do this, mom? And we still made it home before the game was over because, frankly, that is what football is a thousand years. It's a thousand years. I hate it so much. I said it. But, um, you know, just counter-programming. I just live my life like it's any normal day. I'm just not impacted by, like, it's a football Saturday. It doesn't – it's not. It's nothing to me. Other than that, you know, I get to, I get to use that nice weather now and again and enjoy that there's not people in places where they would maybe normally be populating – the place when it's nice weather like that. So, 
you know. So my last thing for you is you mentioned social situations, right? Where like you could either go watch a game somewhere, you you could go to a tailgate, that kind of a thing. It's just not your thing. So have you ever at any point with friends or, or just in social situations like that, when it's known that it's not your thing, you're not really into it, have you ever felt like ostracized in any way? Like Like people might not understand your indifference to it? Well, definitely. I mean, that my in-laws are lovely people. I think I was, it was very confusing to them because it is such a foregone conclusion for my husband and his family and, you know, their circle of friends that this is like what we do. And this is what we do on Saturdays and this is what we do all fall. And so I think there was a little bit of a jump that had to be made mentally, emotionally, like that. I'm not trying to be mean. I just don't like, I'm not going to force y'all to come, you know, watch musicals with me all day on a Saturday because that's not yours. Like, I, I'm not being mean. I just don't like it at all. Like, I like you guys and I'll do other things, but I don't want to do this thing. And it, again, the time of it, it's just that it's like all day. It's crazy to me. So, I mean, I, I, I think I've probably offended people over the years, but since it's a personal choice, that I'd rather be doing anything than watching football. I don't feel bad about it. I just have probably made other people feel bad about it. But again, I think at this point, everybody just accepts like, yeah, that's not, you know, Francesca's not going to do that with us. <laughs> and it's fine with me. And I think it's fine with them too, because I'm not, I'm not fun in those situations. <laughs> I'm annoyed. You've found that life is good without football for you, right? Like good for them, not for me. Even in Alabama, you can be a happy and productive person without this great big monstrosity that is football season, which is essentially year round. I mean, like, I think that's an interesting message to people who seem to think I have to let this revolve around me and, and vice versa, but there's a way to live your life without it. I'll tell you this, Ben, I have never, ever missed it. I feel like my life is full. But on the other hand, like, I I don't think it is wrong to say that this is some people's religion. And so it is impossible for them to imagine life without it. And I'm not going to begrudge anyone their religion. Like, God bless, football bless, whatever you need, like, if it makes you happy. But it is not important to me. So I have never missed it at all. At all. Thanks to Francesca Scalici and Josh Bean. Bammers is produced for AL.com by me, Ben Flanagan. You can find all episodes and other bonus content wherever you get your podcasts or at AL.com. If you like the show, please rate us and write a review. Thank you for listening. This show is presented by the Mercedes-Benz Tech Program. To learn more about Mercedes-Benz's world of advanced automotive technology, text the word Mercedes to 55678 or visit www.learnmercedes.com.